I love that line, we once were slaves of death and hell, but in Christ's image we shall shine. What a glorious truth that is. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be together again. Uh, If you could open up to John 8, I wanted to share just a few thoughts about freedom and independence. You know, we once were slaves, but now we're free. There's a popular song on Christian radio these days. uh, That's not that new, but it says something like, I'm no longer a slave, right? And I think it's uh, a glorious thing to celebrate freedom. Um, As you all know, tomorrow... Uh, there's a holiday here in this country. We call it, refer to it as Independence Day that really s- attempts to celebrate freedom. Not too long ago, on June 19th, there's another holiday celebrated, Juneteenth, to celebrate freedom, uh, the end of slavery in this country. But I just wanted to share a few thoughts on this idea of independence. I think that while it's always a good idea for believers wherever they find themselves to give thanks for their current context, for where God has placed them. And so we give thanks for uh, this country, for example, the different freedoms that we experience as, uh, as American citizens and, and so forth. But there's also, I think, a warning for believers when we look at that word independence, what does it mean for us to say we are independent? To a certain extent, it means that I can stand up on my own two feet. I don't need anyone else. No one can tell me what to do. Now, there's good things about that, but there's not so good things about that. I teach English, and so a lot of times I am speaking to a class of maybe college freshmen, and I'm trying to tell them what's the difference between an independent clause and a dependent clause, right? So, and their eyes start to roll back in their heads, right? Um, so, you know, an independent clause, I always tell them, is like it can stand on its own. Like you all are starting to feel independent from your parents. I can stand on my own. I don't need them anymore. But a dependent clause it still needs something. Like you all, because your parents still claim you as dependents on their taxes. The thing about Christian freedom, we have to remember that although we have been set free We are by no means and should never strive to be independent. We are forever dependent upon God. We are, as Paul says, in a certain sense, slaves of God. So we'll look at that phrase just briefly in a second. So in our celebration of freedom and of independence. Let's celebrate it like Christians. 
Let's celebrate not simply freedom. No one will ever tell me what to do. No more kings. Let's celebrate freedom in the Christian context. Let's just look at a couple verses. I don't want to go too long, but this is a theme all the way through Scripture. And we see in John 8 that the Lord Jesus always stirring things up as He did, right? He was speaking to a crowd of uh, Jews there in uh, Israel. And He would say to them in verse uh, 31, well-known passage here. I'll go ahead and read these verses 31 to 36. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, if you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I bet you've heard that verse before, right? That's a common one. I remember when we did prison ministry, that they loved that verse. It's a great verse. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, these people didn't love this verse. The ones who heard it. They said, in verse 33... We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, we, you, will be, you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. What does it mean to be free indeed? Now, I heard Sister Carolyn chuckle a little bit. You know, these people said, we're children of Abraham. We've never been enslaved by anyone. Now, there's a lot of answers to that comment, right? I could imagine Jesus saying, are you kidding me? Our whole history is a history of slavery. We were born out of Egypt. We were in bondage for 400 years. We come into Canaan, then we're exiled to Babylon slavery, Assyrian slavery. The very people he was talking to were ruled by Rome. Jesus could have said a lot of things in response. Who are you kidding? We've never been enslaved. And I think to a certain extent, this is true today. You could come up to somebody on the street and tell them, guess what? You need to be set free. And they might say, I've never been a slave to anything. There's so many answers to that question. We are not free in any sense. I mean, Jesus revealed anyone who practices sin, for example, is enslaved to sin. You're always serving something. Even Bob Dylan knew that, right? You might, it, you're you're going to serve somebody. Had that song, you're going to serve somebody. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. That's a truth. And the, our role as Christians is not simply to throw off the shackles of enslavement. It's to choose the right master and to submit to Him in utter dependence. That's what it means to be a Christian. And the danger, I think, in our sort of full-throated celebration of independence or freedom is that we may gain that attitude, I am my own master. No one can tell me what to do. 
And that's a dangerous place for the Christian for many reasons. But the main reason is, until we submit to God, we can never know real freedom. Until we submit to God, we can never know real freedom. Why? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. In other words, we really are dependent on Him for everything. Every air, every breath we take, every piece of food we eat, our talents and gifts, all that money we have in the bank, we owe it all to Him. That's the truth, whether we like it or not, whether we've even heard the name of Jesus Christ. It's the truth that we are dependent on Him for everything. Believing a lie is not freedom. That's the trick. You know, I could just sit there, uh, these people listening to Jesus can say, I've never been enslaved to anyone. And then when a Roman soldier comes by and say, I want you to carry this bag for me this next mile. What's he going to say? I've never been a slave to anyone. No, he'll say, yes, sir. Right? And he'll do it. Because of course he's not free. When they come knocking on their door and they say, you forgot to pay your taxes, they don't say, I'm free. I've never been a slave. No, they say, they hand it over. And so they can believe the lie if they want, but that's not freedom. And so the believer has come into the truth. That's what Jesus means when he says, the truth will set you free. And guess what? The truth is that as a creature, as a created being, you and I are utterly dependent on our Creator. You know, I think of a verse, if I could read a quick verse in the Psalms. I loved when we were going through this passage called the Psalms of Ascent. There was one in Psalm 123, a little line here that really captures this. Psalm 123. It's pretty short. I can just read it. The psalmist says, To you I lift up my eyes. O you who are enthroned in the heavens. You know, there's something kind of quintessentially American about not liking thrones and kings and queens. You know, we just don't like that. We don't like the idea of a king or... And this sometimes can creep over even into our Christianity. We're nervous about that idea of like kings and thrones. The Bible is filled with this language, right? It's filled with this language. We've got to not be nervous around the idea of kingship and rule. It says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of their mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till He has mercy upon us. This is the posture of faith. This is the posture of true freedom. It's the servant that can look to God and say, give me whatever you want to give me. Send me where you want to send me. Do with my life what you would do. Do with my bank account what you would do, God. It's all yours. And if we embrace this kind of full-throated celebration of freedom, we are in danger of missing out on the beauty of that truth. That we are His. We are His. Two more verses, if we could. Romans 8, and then a verse from 1 Peter. Because both Paul and Peter got this message. Romans chapter 6. The Apostle Paul was set free on the road to Damascus. Remember? 
set free from so many things. But he lived the rest of his life signing his name, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. That's you. That's me. Are you okay with that? Am I okay with that? He was set free from so much bondage. But he knew himself not to be independent, but to be totally dependent upon God and completely interdependent on the body of Christ. That's a different message, but I think that's just as important. Interdependence is just as important as a a real understanding of dependence. But in Romans 6, the whole thing is about Christian freedom. And if I could just read verse starting in verse 20. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. That's an interesting way to think about it. When you were a slave of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. I don't have to do anything right. I don't have to be good at all. I'm perfectly free. But they were slaves to sin. But what fruit were you getting at that time? From the things of which you're now ashamed, for the end of those things is death. And this is the key verse. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's the truth. Set free from sin and become slaves of righteousness first, he says, and then slaves of God. And we serve Him that is true freedom. That is true liberty. One more verse in 1 Peter. Maybe this could be a good verse for us as, you're, as we are, and I think rightly so, tomorrow as we're celebrating July 4th, uh, giving thanks for what God has done in this country's history and, and, and for the various freedoms that we experience as American citizens. I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with that, but as we celebrate Let's celebrate with this verse in mind. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. The surrounding verses are really important, but the one I have in mind here is verse uh, 16. Live as people who are free. Live as free men. Some of your verse, you know, different versions, right? Put it differently, but let's commit this to memory. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Let this be our embrace of freedom. Definitely live as free men, free women, free young people. You are free if you are in Christ. Embrace that freedom. Celebrate that freedom. Use that freedom to serve everyone around you. Use that freedom to meet needs that people have. Use that freedom to bow before God and say, send me where you will send me. Serve Him. Serve one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's what it means to truly be free for God's glory. Amen. Amen.